0: lost
1: Talk Radio. Blister implied shall be
0: extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio.
2: Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on january jones sharing success stories so sit back relax and get ready to laugh and listen to ms jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. these stories plus sharing equals success welcome and remember beware because you are entering the no whining world of january jones Now, let me ask you
0: a question. Have you ever lost a child? Or do you know someone who has? Well, we all do. And it truly is the saddest thing ever. Tell me, can you even begin to imagine such a loss? It's hard to think about losing a child or grandchild. Now, have you ever wanted to know more about how parents and families can cope, what they should do or what not to do. And would you like to learn how you can help families deal with their grief and suffering? Now, have you ever heard about a book called Tomorrow Comes? Or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now, are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to deal with loss and grief. If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I will be introducing you to my guest. This is the first time she is on the show, and she has written a wonderful, wonderful book that I spent the day reading, and she'll have some really, really great advice for us. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on Talk 4 Media and syndicated at iHeartRadio Talk with over 55 million subscribers. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure at iHeartRadio. So now it's time for you to sit back and relax as you enter the no-wine zone. Pour yourself a glass of wine, get some cheese and crackers, and enjoy our show. Now, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. She grew up wanting to be two things, a mother and a writer. Boy, I can relate to her. <laughs> she, became, she became a mom after the birth of her first child, Jason. She then became a writer after the death of her youngest child, Emma. While she has had numerous writing experiences over the years, she became a published author after she wrote Tomorrow Comes as a way of envisioning a future for her 19-year-old daughter who went to sleep one night and never woke up. She calls Tomorrow Comes a work of reality fiction because it captures the reality of grief that family and friends endured after Emma died. At the same time that it creates an enchanting fictional world of after where Emma can continue to be herself. I am pleased to welcome to the show today a mom and a writer. Welcome, Dana Mibin. How are you today?
1: I'm doing very well, January. Thank you so much for having me. I
0: really appreciate it. I love well, to
1: talk about success. I love to talk about Emma, and I love to talk about writing, so it sounds like I'm in the right place.
0: Oh, you certainly are. Those are three of my favorite topics, success, kids, and writing. You know, you uh, before we begin, I want to share a little bit with my listeners where your success story began, where you were born, um, what happened uh, when you got married, and who did you have any early mentors?
1: Yes, uh, those are all great questions. I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, and so my parents were married for a very short time. Uh, they, they got divorced shortly after my birth, and uh, my mother married a naval officer, and so I spent the early part of my life traveling up and down the East Coast and to Japan for one stint uh, as a Navy brat, <laughs> uh, I, I actually hated it at the time because it seemed I'd just get settled somewhere and I'd have to right. move on to some other place. But looking back, it really shaped the, the sort of gregarious extrovert side of my personality because I seemed like I was forever making new friends.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I would say um, my dad, uh, the naval officer, whom I consider Mm -hmm. to be my father, uh, Mm -hmm. was an early mentor for me uh, just because I learned kindness and patience from him. Uh, My mother has recently died, but my father took care of her 24-7 for seven years before she Mm -hmm. died, and it just epitomized uh, the just kindness and generosity of his spirit, and I I learned a lot from just his calm and his kindness. In terms of writing, I would say I had a seventh grade English teacher who who really had a strong impact on me, in part just because he noticed me. He, he cared about the things that I wrote, and he would always write a little personal, private message on it. And I also found him very handsome and that that (laughs) didn't hurt at all when you're in seventh grade and 13 having a handsome english teacher is not a bad thing believe me um so he was definitely a mentor and then i'll round it out i think i've had several in my life but i'll round it out by talking about each of my children have been mentors to me in different ways they've all been very they're all very different it's hard sometimes when i look at them to believe that they came from the same place Um, excuse me, because they're all just quite different, and I could go on and on about all the things I've learned from them, but, uh, but I would say that they were, I was, I think, I hope, I believe they'd say I was a good parent to them, and they were certainly good teachers
0: to me. Oh, well, you know, I'm listening to you, and I'm looking at the list of things we have in common, um. My first husband was a Navy aviator, and as my listeners know, he was a test pilot in the Navy, and uh, he was killed uh, testing a helicopter for Vietnam, and that was 46 years ago. So I I did have the Navy experience. I also, like you, I have had four kids, and none of them look alike (laughs) uh, or (laughs) act alike. Or act like, yes. but but of course I've had they've had different fathers, so that probably explains oh, okay. that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was
0: a single parent when I had Jason, so
1: uh-huh. um, oh. he has a different father. But then my other three have been, uh, we well, have yeah, a different biological father. Again, my husband entered his life at a very very young age, and he's the only father that he's ever known. So. Um, so I we are a lot alike. We do, we do have children <laughs> from different parents, but we're the common denominator, so you would think that there would be more similarity amongst our children since uh, we did all I, the hard work.
0: Exactly, and uh, like you, I have a his, hers, and ours marriage, and uh, more and more people are experiencing that. Now let's talk a little bit about what prompted you to write this book because this is your first book, right?
1: Yes.
2: It is.
0: Okay. How did this first come about? To
1: say it's the first in a series, I've written a second book called Tomorrow Matters, which is in final, uh, final editing now, and uh-huh. the third book is tentatively called Tomorrow Blooms. So, mm-hmm. how did I write the first book, or why okay. did I write the first book? Yeah. I have always, as you indicated, I have always loved to write, and I always felt that I didn't really have anything worth writing a novel about. I'd write little poems or I'd write little short stories or things like that. But when Emma died, it was essential that I figure out uh, something to do with my life that was really different than what it had been before she died. Um, I think one of the, the very strong feelings that everybody feels, I'm sure you felt it, I'm sure you still feel it, I'm sure everybody who's had any kind of loss, whether... Your listeners have lost a child, and hopefully they haven't, or a parent, or a sibling, or even lost a job, or a home, or something like that. You mm-hmm. lose a sense of self. You mm-hmm. don't really know who you are anymore. I mean, I was still a mother to three children, but I didn't feel like I was a mother anymore. I felt like okay. I lost my baby, and I just I couldn't figure out who I was. I certainly felt very sad and just horrible about the loss of my daughter. But I also felt grief about the loss of me and who uh, I had been. So uh, I, I, there were really two motivations. One was I, I absolutely felt that I had to figure out where Emma had gone. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not a particularly – we talked a little bit earlier before we went on air about uh, your strong sense of spirit, spirituality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly spiritual. I'm not particularly religious. I believe in God. But I never really thought strongly about what, what happened after you died. And yeah. one of the questions that I asked myself over and over again mm-hmm. uh, when Emma died is, where have you gone? I just yeah. had pizza with you. I was just with you. You were just here. You were just laughing. And, you know, and now you're not here. Where are you? <clears throat> so I wanted to create a place, exactly as you said, where Emma could live on as Emma uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine her sprouting wings and playing a harp, and you know, suddenly being all knowing mm-hmm. and kind of trading her traditional what now <laughs> for her, you know for all not for all knowledge. Uh, and so I wanted it to be a place that wouldn't frighten her, that, mm-hmm. that that would be a place that she could navigate and come to understand and and come to be comforted by those who had gone before with what had happened to her. Cause she was a gal who loved life. And uh, I, one of the things that people say that they shouldn't say is she's in a better place because newly grieving moms don't want to hear mm-hmm. that. Their no, best no. place was right here in this world with us. So that was the first reason. The second reason was really more about my own survival. I, I mm-hmm. had to do mm-hmm. something for me, and mm-hmm. I had always wanted to write, and I, I shared with my husband a about three months after Emma died, that I wanted to write a book. And he encouraged me at the time, though later I learned that he was quite nervous about it. He thought it was this hard mess of of whine, of whining. Whining. whining.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And
1: as you've read part of it, you know that, or I hope you know that it's not whining. It's really, it is a struggle to try to find balance and to reconnect with pieces of me that are still me.
0: Well, it's it's a thoroughly joyous book, and I, I adored reading it. And it gives you an insight into what a mother goes through with the loss of a child. It's very difficult to lose a child. I can't imagine. It must be the worst thing in the world. And, you know, I did the same thing for therapy after I lost my husband. I turned to writing. It's a very therapeutic thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very difficult to write about him. I have included some things in my book, Thou Shalt Not Whine. But, uh, of course, like you, I was looking for humor on my life, and I was looking for lightness, because after you go through the darkness, you really yeah. need to come out on the other side. Don't you agree? Yeah.
1: Yes,
0: yeah. absolutely. I think true
1: healing starts. The first time you start to reconstruct who you are you'll never be the same I'm sure after the loss of your husband you've never you've never been the same you may come through on the other side better you will definitely come through different um, mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. lessons learned but I believe true yeah, you know what starts when you actually Here. start to Here, find guess. the pieces Here. of you that are still there and start to develop new pieces of you. My husband likens a loss of any kind, uh, especially a a loss of life, to Mm -hmm. losing a limb or eyesight or something. Losing. And you, you never don't you never have your arm back right, you or yeah. your eyes take like <laughs> that.
0: Right. But you
1: learn to hear better, or you learn okay. to do things with your right arm a little bit better than you did before. And I, I'm still on that journey. I'm by no means to the promised land. No. I would say one of the things that I've learned is grief doesn't, you don't get through it ever. <laughs> you know, there, will, there are times still today, you know, you hear about those, phases of grief and it sort of implies you can check off the box when you get past denial or anger or right but you can't there are times today three and a half years later that i hear the garage door go up and i think oh good emma's home you know there's just Mm -hmm. a there are moments when i still have every single one of those feelings that i had um you know immediately afterwards
0: Well, I I totally understand what you're saying because uh, you never get over it. It's with you always. I mean, here we are. You've gone through three and a half years, and I've gone through 46 years, and we're still talking about it. But you know what we're going to talk about right now? We're going to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back with Donna, we're going to talk about the adventures of Emma here (laughs) And after. We'll be right back. Where
2: does all the money go? Surely you should have more to show for all the work you do. And what about the future? Heck, what about next week? Chris Miles to the rescue. Chris is a cash flow expert and the financial advocate for the entrepreneur with a reputation of getting his clients fast, life-altering results right now, not 25 to 40 years from now. Let Chris Miles show you how to quickly free up and create more cash flow with results you can enjoy today, not tomorrow. Visit moneyripples.com. That's moneyripples.com. Visit today, not tomorrow extraordinary people real-life lessons on what it takes to achieve success is a brand new book by business columnist scott smith with 21 profiles of famous people who achieved mega success and how they did it providing lessons for anyone in any career the subjects include author ann rice netflix ceo reed hastings music producer quincy jones and olympic athlete jackie Joyner kersey check out extraordinarypeoplebook.com for a sample chapter and to order That's ExtraordinaryPeopleBook.com. One person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller, What is Your What?, Steve Ulcher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com slash free. That's www.whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about... Whining? Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, You'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com.
0: Welcome back to the No Wine Zone, and we're visiting with Donna meban and she is the author of Tomorrow Comes. Uh, Donna lost her daughter, and it was a very sudden death, wasn't it, Donna? Yes,
1: yes, very unexpected. She was fine one night, and she didn't show up for work the next day, and when my husband went to check on her, she had died in her sleep.
0: Now, I know in the book you did not do an autopsy, but has anyone come forward with a a theory of what she died from?
1: Yeah, so we did do um, other tests, toxology tests and whatnot. Uh And uh, basically, I have come to believe, and and those in the medical profession with whom I've shared her story have agreed with me, there is a a syndrome that is very similar to SIDS in infants. But okay. it affects adults, and wow. it's called SADS. So some people call it sudden adult death syndrome, and some people call it sudden arrhythmia death, arrhythmic death syndrome. But it uh-huh. basically is something that's happening in the heart that there are no external signs about. Uh, one of the things that the, uh, the coroner told me was that she simply relaxed to death. She didn't struggle. Uh-huh. She didn't have a hard yeah. time breathing. She just breathing. Fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, that's reading. Yeah. And of well, course, that happens the, with older people as well. Sure, but yeah. it happens to about five, six thousand teenagers every year, which isn't a large number. But when you think about all the families that are affected oh, by that, right. and uh, we, we do contribute some of the proceeds from the book. We have a, a oh, foundation right. that we set up.
0: Oh, to wonderful! Try to do
1: greater research into that.
0: Okay. Well, we'll share that later in the show. You know, um, what I enjoyed reading about was uh, Emma's uh, trip to London because uh, my husband and I were based in London for one year and I adore London. It's my positively favorite city in the world. So share a little bit with my listeners about what it was like when Emma and Sarah came over to spend some time with you.
1: Well, you and I must be long-lost sisters because it sounds as though we have so many intersections in our lives and <laughs> similar experiences. Perhaps we've mm-hmm. known each other in a different uh, different dimension or something. I'm sure after. we have.
0: So,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, <coughs> Emma was not particularly happy that I was going to London on a work assignment. Uh, uh-huh. it, was, it was to coincide with her uh, first summer home from college, and uh, she, I would have to say she kind of whined about it. Uh, And she Mm -hmm. said, uh, I said, Emma, this is a wonderful experience, and you can come over and spend some time with me. Well, that Mm -hmm. helped a little bit, but she still said, but who's going to make me bacon in the morning? That was kind of (laughs) her react. When you come home from college, you want to be mothered, that's for sure. Yeah, I love London, too. And I wanted to share it with my two daughters. It was the first time that they had been there. I had been there several times on business trips.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we wanted to make the first leg of our journey all about Emma. Sarah was staying, my other daughter was staying for three weeks. but uh-huh. Emma had to get back to work. And okay. so she was only there for eight days. So, we did everything that she wanted to do, and saw, which was a lot of shopping, yeah. a lot of sampling cosmopolitans and things like that because she was nineteen, and she could drink legally in London at eighteen
2: oh, so yeah. she
1: had a good time we went to the to the beach at one point, and we drank champagne on the beach. It was just a picture perfect vacation um. I, I have to laugh. At one point, uh, toward the end of her stay, I said, "Well, I thought maybe we'd go to Cambridge for the day." And she said, "What's that?" And I said, "Well, it's a you know, it's a pretty significant and well-known college here in in London." And she said, "Why would I want to go see a college? <laughs> you know, <So laughs> she wanted to shop. She shop. wanted to experience London. She didn't want yeah. me to go visit a college." Uh, but so we made it all about her. Um, she had the best bed. Uh, one day she said, I, I kind of want to go to Ireland. And I said, well, there's still so much to see in London. And she said, I know, but Ireland's on my bucket list. Okay. And uh, so we went to Ireland for two days of the eight days that she was there. And gosh, looking back I mean, at the time, I thought, you're too young to have a bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> but I am so glad that we did that because it oh. was just a glorious, glorious Glorious time. Probably the best vacation I've ever had as well.
0: Well, for any moms out there listening, I want to share with you that I also, while I was in London, my two daughters came over to stay with us. It is the most fabulous city in the world to visit. And guess what, Donna? We took a trip over to Ireland just like ah! We are long last sisters, <laughs> and it, it was just magnificent. But enough about me. Let's. How did you come up with this concept? I adore the concept where Emma is slips over to the other side, but yet she's still a part of everything. She's uh, witnessing her funeral. She's yeah. listening to the eulogies, and yeah. then. Uh, you you're right about the people on this side dealing with it and also her. How did you come up? It's a brilliant, brilliant concept.
1: You know, the very first thing I thought of was the title. I wanted uh-huh. to write about tomorrow coming because the truth is you can't stop it from coming, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. If you're destined to wake up tomorrow, you're going to wake up, whether you've lost right. your child or, or whether you've had some horrible loss that you were sure you couldn't possibly live through. So my first was to think about that tomorrow does come and what does that look like now that she's gone and so the structure of the book as you know Mm -hmm. goes back and forth between different members of my family and Emma so Emma is every other chapter and then a different member of my family or a friend of hers or my sister is another of the chapters and I think one of the one of the things I'm really proud of about the book is it really shows how different people grieve differently and you've got oh. to learn to respect that. One of the things that we had trouble with when Emma first died was how to talk about her. I couldn't, uh-huh. I, I couldn't use the past tense. I just couldn't think that she was, yeah. was a, uh, you know, was a past tense that she was a was instead of an is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, The book enabled us to really talk about her. What do you think Emma would, how do you think Emma would be reacting to this situation? What are some of your best memories about Emma? You know, and it really gave us an opportunity.
0: Okay, let's, uh, this is such a fascinating story. And we're going to uh, take a commercial break and we'll be right back with Donna. Me then
2: one person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller What is Your What? Steve Ulcher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com slash free. That's www.whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. With over 30 years as a registered nurse with empathic ability, Carolyn Green, a.k.a. The Energy Nurse, is bridging the gap between traditional and alternative medicine. Certified in the areas of energy medicine, life coaching, and as a medical intuitive, She brings to each client an integrative approach to body, mind, and spirit. Her book, found on Balboa Press and Amazon, Getting to Know You, Guided Pearls of Wisdom for a More Soulful Existence, is a channel journey for clearing the mind clutter to bring about healthier thought patterns. As a motivational speaker, Carolyn brings new light to old issues and is engaging, interactive, and enlightening. With her newly launched The Energy Nurse Jewelry Line. She brings to you stones and crystals that are not only beautiful to wear, but balancing and healing as well. To contact or learn more about Carolyn, go to www.TheEnergyNurse.com.
0: Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems people who have fearlessly shared their stories their struggles and their successes people who have priceless personalities in my new book priceless personalities success stories shared by january jones i am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest molestation child abuse drug abuse polygamy unemployment scandal starting over self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, Two for One, paperback and Kindle editions. I'm pleased to that my book is also now available at audiblebooks.com. Speaking of priceless personalities, we have one visiting with us here today, Donna Meebin, and she wrote a brilliant book called Tomorrow Comes. Now, Donna, before we went to break, we were talking about the concept of Emma on one side viewing events and everyone else viewing them from this side. My favorite part was, uh, I had so many favorite parts, but I thought the part where she was uh, a little bird and she flew in to watch her funeral and listen to the eulogies and be a part of it. What a comforting uh, part of the book that is for people who have ever had to give a eulogy. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think that she, of course, she was there in our hearts. I hope she was there listening. She would have been, she would have gotten kind of a kick out of it because, of course, you never, you never stress the challenges that you have with someone who has died. And she was, she was my toughest child by far. She was most like huh? me, and I think that's what, <laughs> made it, what made it a little bit of a of a challenge. And I was also older when I had her, so I didn't have quite the energy, but. She would have been so proud at what everybody said. She we had, excuse me, we had her her one and only boss that she'd ever Mm -hmm. had. She worked in a little coffee shop. Talk about what a great worker she was. We had one of her many best friends talk about what a great friend she was. Mm -hmm. My son Ben talked about what it was like to have her as a sister, and then Uh Rod, of course, talked about uh, about what it was like. What she was like as a daughter, and mm-hmm. she, and it was just it was just beautiful. At the time, I was numb. Personally, yeah. I really, <laughs> I yeah. really didn't experience it in quite the way that that I now experience it, reflecting back. Um, mm. And we had all of the eulogies uh, transcribed, so mm. I was mm-hmm. able to use pieces of those for the book. But I absolutely well, agree that that it does give you. To the extent that you can believe that you see something or hear something, and that your loved one has some sort of presence, it's different than mm-hmm. than when they were physically present. But to the extent that you can start to believe that, you will find great comfort in in trying to again configure yourself in a way that makes sense for you, but that still has the, the beloved
0: person you you've lost be a part of your life in some way. And, you know, people don't realize that for the other person who goes to the other side, it's quite an adjustment. They have to deal with a lot of things, and how you deal with it here determines what happens to them on the other side. Now, when she realized, when she first gets the concept that she has died, I think the part where she sees the dog, duck, that had yeah. died. That was like the first clue where you can see the yes. light bulb going on um when she comforts your husband after yes. he found her. That is just yeah. some of the most yeah. beautiful writing. And yeah. and then we have to get to the shopping. She goes shopping on the other side with her <laughs> auntie. How, how much fun how much fun is that?
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, she worked in a bookstore slash coffee shop, and she never was a big reader, I'd have to say. But ooh, did she love those Gucci bags and Michael Kors and all of that? Uh-huh. And so I transformed the book part of her work into just rows and rows of things that she would like. Um, I, I don't think that she, I don't think she was drawn to books exactly, but she was always <laughs> drawn to glitter. And so it was a very glittery place that she and my Aunt Pat, who had died. The most recent death in our family had been my Aunt Pat. They just went shopping, and they just had a ball.
0: Well, and and the good news and the most amazing news is when you go shopping over there, you don't need money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, how about that? How about that? (laughs) Excuse me, I've got terrible cold. Um, I, I would say, uh, yeah, but I, I tried to make there be some things that were almost more appealing there, because I do I have a very vague sense of heaven, but certainly I think of it as, as good. I specifically didn't use the term heaven, because... I don't know if it's heaven per se, or if it, I don't know what it is. I don't think any of us really do until until well, it
0: happens. Until we find out. But I love your interpretation. And uh, for all my shopaholic listeners, the part where we're not going to need money, that will <laughs> that will really make it heaven for us. Also, uh, Donna, I love the, the section or the part of the book where Grandpa shows up, and he yes. kind of gives her a little... Talk about making the adjustment and trying to find her place over there. Um, was she particularly close with Grandpa? You know,
1: she was, but she uh, my my husband's father was quite an intellectual, and I would say that uh, Emma was much more of a relationship person. So he liked to talk about the war and you know somewhere or such and such or the value of the dollar, and she she glazed over a little bit at some of that. So. I think he's there as a as a symbol of wisdom uh, for her, um, and I think she always thought of him as someone who who was very wise. But I think she mm. she didn't spend a huge amount of time with him because he wasn't a sh- he wasn't a shopper. And I don't want to make it out that all she liked to do was shop. But I will <laughs> say she didn't really like to talk about the economy that much. She was a typical nineteen year old girl who just she was just a. a sparkly, you know, spitfire who really just wanted to be with friends and family and babies and old people, mm-hmm. but I, don't, I wouldn't say that she was a hugely deep thinker. Um, I always attributed that to naivete, and I was worried about it a little bit,
2: but uh-huh. her friends
1: have, have helped me understand that what it meant to them was a very strong belief in people. She believed mm-hmm. that people told, told them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her good friends has become a fashion designer, and she was she had that aspiration when she was fourteen years old. And she told me after Emma died that Emma was the only one who thought that she would do it. She said, "I can't wait to buy clothes that you've designed. That's so you know, awesome that that's what you're going to do." So uh, there was a there was an about her, but it was. It, that that was the sort of scarier part, but the the strong part of that is just this absolute belief in the goodness of other people.
0: Oh, and that and comes through in your book. Uh, she's radiant, and when you realize that she unfortunately dies at nineteen, when she goes out she's at the top of her game. I mean, she was, she was really a little pistol, but boy, she, she was really out there, and everyone knew her, loved her. Um, what a gift to have had her in your life. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, I do agree, and I think that everybody, um, a thing that I think people who have read the book who haven't lost a child or had a significant loss, have said that it's made them want to be a better parent or a better sister mm-hmm. um i mean it's it's sort of cliche, but that's sort of live in the moment. um go to Ireland if you're there, and that's what you want to do, you know and, uh, you know in fact, you don't know maybe it is a bucket list, maybe you won't be here um you know and yeah. I said that there were there was nothing about Emma's past that I regretted i I sort of I'd spoiled my kids a little bit. We 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 very much did a lot that they wanted to do. We tried to introduce all kinds of different experiences to them. I regret what she won't be able to do going forward. In fact in the third book I'm toying with the idea of having her have a baby because she had always <laughs> wanted to have a child. Oh, um, God. but so I regret what she's not going to be able to do here in life. But looking back i have very few regrets i think that that's the message for any parent any of your listeners Mm -hmm. who are parents and i'm sure that everybody behaves that way as much as they can but at the end of the day it's the time you spend with people you love that matters most by far Uh,
0: that's so 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 well put donna um you know we're going to take a little break and when we come back First of all, we're going to share your website information and tell our listeners how they can get your book. Then I want to talk a little bit about people who have dreams and feel they've communicated with Emma. And then this phenomena of Emma on Facebook. This sounds very exciting. We'll be right back.
2: Do you want to learn how to live into your dreams? One door closes. Overcoming adversity by following your dreams. The new book by Tom Ingrassia and Jared Kredimski captures the thought-provoking stories of 16 people from all walks of life who have triumphed over adversity to achieve their goals. Plus, you'll get 10 self-assessment tools to design your own blueprint for success. Unlock your true potential. Fulfill your dreams. Be inspired. One Door Closes is available from Amazon.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Are was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Are needed class. And Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. What is AATH? The Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor is a nonprofit, member-driven, international community of humor and laughter professionals and enthusiasts. AATH provides its members the education, cutting-edge resources, and supportive community they need to excel in the practice and promotion of healthy humor. AATH welcomes anyone who is interested in learning more about the application and benefits of therapeutic humor. Members include scholars, psychologists, counselors, nurses, social workers, physicians, educators, clergy, hospital and many others who incorporate humor in their life and work. AATH was created to disseminate information about humor and laughter, laughter play and well-being, provide a caring, supportive community of humor professionals and enthusiasts. Check out our AATH at www.aath.org today.
0: Welcome back with my delightful guest, Donna Mabin, and her book, Tomorrow Comes, has won 11 book awards from six major competitions in seven different genres. Awards include Best First Novel by Next Gen Indie Books and Eric Hoffer Grand Prize Finalist. Congratulations. And now, Donna, would you share with my listeners your website and tell them how they can order your book?
1: Sure. Um, the book can be ordered from all of the major book distributors. Of course, it's on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Nobles, et cetera. Um, the, uh, web- it can also be ordered from the website, and I've, I've actually found a number of people want to um, order it that way because they might want a personal message to someone who's they're uh-huh. buying a book as a gift for someone who's lost a child mm-hmm. or has lost a husband or sister or just someone that they want to read the book. And so I always will include a private, you know, personal message if, if it's heard from the uh, website. The website is Starshine Galaxy. So it's, of course, one word, com, uh-huh. And uh, in it there is my blog, which is called Wisps of Hope. Uh, uh-huh. It talks a little bit about uh, the foundation that we've started. It talks a lot about Emma. In fact, if anybody wants to um, see Emma growing up, <laughs> I think one of the things that let me let me take a little side trip here. One of the things that brings me great great joy uh, when people read the book is is to have someone say, "Gosh, I wish I'd known Emma. I uh-huh. just, yes. wish I'd known her um, because she didn't you know she didn't have the opportunity to get to know as many people as I think she would have liked or I would have liked." Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot more about Emma. There's the um, there are four songs that we played at her funeral that have pictures of her growing up, oh, uh, okay. and oh. there are uh, various. There's a couple of books that she wrote actually that are super cute and funny, mm-hmm. uh, just little little kids mm-hmm. stuff. So there's a lot of information on that, and uh, we invite people to to you know, to sign up and so we can start any kind of dialogue. I've made so many friends through this book um, and people sharing their stories with me. And again, um, I think you're right to say, you know, that this is really, I think this is really about people who like life, who may Mm -hmm. not have had a loss, but who may have had uh, some sort of experience that they're trying to figure out how to move on from, Um, somebody who wants to be a better parent or a better sibling, uh, lots of tips around that sort of thing, how to survive the holidays, so lots of tips, and and that kind of thing out there on the website.
0: Well, you know, this is a book uh, for anyone who is dealing with grief, Sorrow, whether it's a child, a loved one, or a friend, this book will just, there are things in this book that you will recognize if you've been through any kind of a situation that has been difficult in life. And I recommend it highly, highly as a book to give to people who you know they're struggling and you want to reach out to them. But guess what? You never know what to say. We have one minute, uh, a minute and a half, Donna. What about her Facebook experience? Isn't that exciting?
1: You're talking about the fact that she can still communicate via Facebook? Yes. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Uh, yeah, uh, you know... Uh, uh, anybody who has a child knows that their their phone is an extension of their right hand. I mean, they're never without their phone or their computer mm-hmm. or something. And mm-hmm. although Facebook is becoming a little passe for the younger crowd, it was something that she knew and loved. And so she Love. can still keep up with her friends through Facebook. She has an interesting meeting with <coughs> an interesting um, Interaction with Steve Jobs in the second book, where he's trying to figure uh-huh. out a better, you know, because of course he died uh, shortly after yep. Emma did, uh, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out a way that to to better connect those who are living with those who are not. So there's all <laughs> kinds of fun things. There's all kinds of fun things in the book, but yeah, that's been that's been something that the teenagers who have read the book just really appreciate that there's that yeah. sort of validation of how they like to communicate and how they define friends and how. Technology has really changed the grieving process.
0: Oh, it has. And it's helped the grieving process. I think it's helped them. You know, it it was a red flag for me because then all of a sudden I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to see what I'm putting out on Facebook. Because I never never even considered that my first husband would be reading that. But it, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all, so it's, this is what happens. Your book is wonderful. I hope you will come back and visit with me again. We have oh. so much in common.
1: <laughs> oh, I would love to, and we really didn't get into a lot about the signs and, and on all of that. There's so much more we can talk about, but this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, and thank you to all your listeners. And If I had just one piece of advice, it would be find a way to laugh as soon as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, We laughed the day after her funeral as a family, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to laugh.
0: Yeah, and it's it's what you need to do. To my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today with Donna. It's been very inspiring, informative, and and for me, it's been spiritual. My upcoming guests will all amaze, amuse, and astonish you, just like Donna. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful, no-whining world. When you can sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show or advertise with us, just send an email, info at JanuaryJones.com. We love sharing our stories and our struggles and our secrets for success. Remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, stop with the whining and then start smiling and laughing and start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, then start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to my dear guest today, Donna Miban. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe as we close with music by Sorantos. Hi,
1: this is Sorantos check out my trending rock song called Nothing to Hide. 33% of all profits for this song are going straight to the American Cancer Society. I hope you enjoyed my song. Listen to my other songs for free on my website at www.melogia.com.
2: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones' Sharing Success stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, If you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you.